This program is brought to you by Genly Productions. At genlyproductions.com, you can find resources to nourish and inspire, including home retreat kits, home study courses, books, and accessories. You can also join our free Emerging Icons video series, or sign up to get good mail the old-fashioned way and receive our full-color, magazine-ish catalog in your mailbox. Genly Productions. Hold the possibilities in your hands. I'm Jen Lee, and you're listening to Retrospective. Today, I'm so excited to be talking to Kelly Barton, who is an artist and designer in Indiana. Kelly, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. For talking to me today. Um, why don't you just kind of start us out at the beginning? Have you always been an artist? No, um, I probably started with artwork um, in really simple ways when, when I was pregnant with my middle son, um, or my middle child. He um, uh, came about a year into my marriage, and I had, I had one in kindergarten, and um, I went from working full-time, and then all of a sudden I was a stay-at-home mom, and I tended to get really bored during the day. So um, there was a craft store down the street, and I started sewing. Um, baby clothes. So when he came along, he was going to have, you know, cute little hand-sewn clothes. And I did that. And then um, that just kind of catapulted me into more things. I took a couple of like craft painting classes. And um, when I decided to go back to school, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I had a choice between um, when I took an interest test, it was nursing, graphic design, or welding. So Every time I take any interest test, welding always comes up like first on the list. And I never wanted to do it because it's like a, the man's world. And when I was younger and in high school, um, you know, it was so intimidating to think that I could be a welder or why would I want to be a welder? I'm a woman. Um, and so I ended up, I really thought about nursing and um, I just realized that I would be better off if I went into graphic design. And so I started taking graphic design classes from there and I eventually finished with a, a degree in technical graphics. And once I got into um, my graphics career, I realized that it was too tight of a box and I needed more color and I needed more motion and more texture. Um, all of that was on the computer screen when I was designing and I couldn't touch it. I am very visual and I have to touch things. And so I just, um, started. It was when all the blogs started appearing, and I found um, Christine Mason Miller and Swirly, and I found Andrea Shear, and I found Penelope, and all of them were doing this artwork that I was like so drawn to, and I'd kind of been messing around at home trying new things, and it was really a lot like what they were doing, and I felt like I had found this circle that you know was going to be accepting and and all of that, and. So a couple years later, I kept following their blogs and I saw that Squam appeared and I came to Squam and then that's when it really allowed me to um, open up. My whole world opened up just by attending my first retreat. And so from there, you know, I've just grown into, you know, what I'm doing today. Well, I'm curious what it's like to be an artist where you are in Indiana versus what it was like to come to Squam right. that first time. What was it about coming? Because I know for some people, <laughs> they're used to kind of being 
the odd man out or the mm -hmm. most eccentric dresser in right. town or something like that. And then when we show up, sometimes mm -hmm. everyone's like, oh, I'm not the only one <laughs> yeah. who likes to wear color and right. not just black all the time or something yeah. like that. So what is that like for you? Um, growing up, I was always the person that really, uh, they, you know, I was called the rebel a lot and um, I never really embraced that because it was always such a derogatory term. It wasn't meant in, in kindness or love. It was like, you are not doing what everybody else is doing and you know, you need to be more like everyone else. And so when I came to Squam, I definitely had my um, style of clothes and um, uh, what I like to wear and what kind of music I like to listen to. But when I, you know, when I was able to come to the uh, retreats, I saw all these other women who were more like me. And Indiana is filled with amazing artists. And they have, I mean, they have guerrilla artists like, you know, other states do. And they have some amazing uh, young artists um, that are up and coming. And but where I'm from, it's a really small town and I don't get to go to the bigger towns all the time. And so I have to say that I'm definitely, you will see me walking down the sidewalk. I got my little bloomers on, I have my tunic on and my Marsha Brady suitcase. And I'm walking down to the street to the gallery and people, I think anymore it's like, oh, there goes Kelly. <laughs> They're kind of used to it. And I think it makes some people uncomfortable, but um, I think when you, what I've learned over the last few years is when I allow myself just to truly be who I am, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, you know, I can let that go. Before I was always worried about it so much and anymore I just don't, you know, I know who I am and that's the important thing. Now, I know that some of the women who you've met at these gatherings have then turned into really good friends mm -hmm. that you're then in touch with yeah. throughout the year. So what is it meant to you to have those friendships and to have those connections? It's been an interesting kind of a balance because, um, you know, I have my friends at home who, uh, you know, are lawyers and teachers and, and come from all different backgrounds. And, um, but what this has done for me has allowed me, it's given me such a creative circle um, which I was craving. I didn't realize for years it was just like, you know, I was like cranky and I didn't know what the problem was and I just didn't feel like I was where I was supposed to be. And um, really in the last five years, like I said, I've opened up so much and my life has changed so much and they've just, um, it's a support system that I needed so badly. And that's what we do for each other. You know, we go, we Skype, sometimes we do studio Skyping um, where we paint all day. And, you know, I have a friend in California that I met at another retreat and she and I will paint on Skype and, you know, we will critique each other's work, which is amazing. I'm alone a lot at home um, because I freelance. And so I don't have that creative outlet, um, you know, directly around me. So when I can reach out to my friends in other states through, you know, Facebook groups or Skype or email, um, even, you know, telephone, um, it just allows me to uh, work on my business side. It allows me to work on my art in a more freeing way, I think. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And I think I am intrigued when you talk about that idea of balance, because um, when it comes to creative work, I feel like I get I feel like it's a creative act when I have those conversations mm -hmm. with my right. colleagues and with my peers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you have an idea, but it's kind of half-baked, 
but you can talk it through right. with somebody and bounce it off somebody mm -hmm. and have them say, well, this is what I'm hearing and what you're saying. Right. Um, or that sounds really interesting or you should think more about that. But then there's a whole other element where we do need to be alone to mm -hmm. do so much of what we do. Yeah. So um, it's interesting to kind of find that balance mm -hmm. of being alone and being together. Have you always worked from a home studio? No, when I graduated from college and in graphic design, I worked for a small marketing company um, in my hometown, which is a very small community in Indiana. And I did all the graphic design for them. I was there for about five years and um, I've done, I've had a couple other jobs, but what was going on was um, my kids were getting a little older. My husband worked all the time and I didn't have the support that I needed at home. And I was, it was getting to the place where I needed to work more hours and go back in the evening. And my kids just, they needed me. And so I knew that one of us needed to be at home more to keep, you know, to wrangle things in. And so it was, I was the choice because I was the one that wanted to work from home. And so we just put things in place. We paid off a car and um, we saved up some money and Within a few months, um, my husband looked at me and said, you can, you know, you can give your two weeks notice. And that's what I did. And it was really hard leaving that job. My employers were, you know, they were good bosses and I was really close with them. But the pull to be at home and work from home um, was huge. And so I did some work for another graphic designer that had some nice contracts and needed some extra help. And I had some contracts of my own and, and then eventually I really just started working more on my art. Mm. Can you tell me a little bit about the things you've created and come up with with Liz Lamoureux? And yeah. um, I know it started with some jewelry and now you mm -hmm. have a whole Chickadee Road yeah. website. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about how that idea came about and what it's been like to create something in partnership? Mm -hmm. um, Liz and I met uh, that first year that we went to the Squam retreat together and slowly built a, a friendship and kind of a creative collaborative, um, not so much with having a business together in the beginning, but it was totally the Skype dates and, uh, you know, bouncing ideas back and forth, you know, totally the brainstorm sessions. And, and she lives in Tacoma, Washington, and I live in Indiana. And thank goodness for Skype and Facebook and emails. And so from there, we really, um, she started doing some retreats out there and I worked for her and um, I go out there now and teach with her about four times a year. And recently we just started Chickadee Road and we call it a kindred um, soul party. And what we want with that is that people can gather there within an online community and find other creative souls that they uh, match up with and you know it's a place where you can come and um, feel at home in the creative world and you know like no judgment a very safe place um, we've got each month we do a different um, like a different theme and this month it's sacred the sacred life and so we have some guest posts um, other artists and creatives that are coming in and and they talk about what is sacred in their life and how they bring the sacred in and uh, we've done some jewelry together, this lovely jewel right here. Um, so I uh, created nine different girls uh, and then Liz would bead them and their resin poured and we worked on those together. And I just love the way that 
we can work together. And we're two totally different personalities. If you were in a room together with us, you guys would probably, people would probably say, you know, how do they even, how do they do it? Because they're very different. Um, what's great is I think that Liz and I know each other more than anyone knows us, you know, separately. Um, Liz, I think a lot of times people will say she's really serious, but she's not. She's very silly. And um, I love to tease her and get her to laugh. And um, she tries to get me to chant and sing all the time, which I do chant and sing, but only in private. I will never chant with her. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with it. And we just like to, that's just how our friendship has grown over the years. And it's just, it's really been a comfortable thing. And I've I think the way it slowly progressed was a really good thing. Mm. So I'm just wondering if you notice any difference in terms of how ideas come to you mm -hmm. or how you execute them or what that's like when you're working with a partner yeah. than um, when you're working alone. I really like working uh, with other people, but I have to say for me, I also need, I'm one of those people that need to be a kind of away from the noise and way away from the hoopla. And um, I've never been a meetings person. Um, you put me in an hour long meeting and I basically melt down and I get the giggles, um, I can't handle it. Uh, but for with collaborating and brainstorming with others, what it does for me is, you know, I might have an idea, but I'm not really quite for sure what direction I want to take it. Um, and or I have a gallery show coming up and I, I have a bit of a theme, but to be able to bounce ideas off of somebody else where they're adding their own thoughts and maybe you don't use all of them, but maybe there's one little thought in there that just, it's like that aha moment and you're just like, that's it, that's what I needed. And when you're working by yourself, it's like you have to be your own very best friend. Well, sometimes you don't wanna be somebody else's best friend, you know, and it's, it doesn't work that way. So um, being able to uh, talk with others and bounce those ideas off, um, it really helps me keep my thoughts in line. Um, it keeps the list from getting really jumbled um, on the, you know, the ideas list, um, how I'm gonna go about it. And um, the other thing is it allows me to, um, you know, just move forward in in my creativity um, I think back if if I was still doing this on my own I would probably be still be doing the same art you know but I have or the same style and I think that I've been able to grow because I've welcomed other creatives into my life and um, some of them have just kind of fallen into my lap and I've had some really unique opportunities as a designer and as an artist that have come up because of people I've met along the way and so, you know, I feel very blessed for that and I like it. It keeps me, the other thing that it does is um, it, keeps, it keeps me on it like a scheduled um, um, path. I'm, I totally have the creative mind. As you can tell, I start <laughs> bouncing around a little bit on my thoughts, but I'm not real organized. And so when I, especially when I'm collaborating with Liz, like with Chickadee Road, it has made us both stay on schedule. You know, we have specific days where one of us is gonna write a post on the blog. And I know that that deadline's there and I gotta get it done before, you know, I go to bed or whatever. And it's just made me a more organized person. And of course I'm still working on that, but it, 
and that makes me feel better as a person. Like I'm actually doing things when I'm supposed to do it. I'm staying on schedule um, and I'm organized. So I like that part of it. And when you talked before, you mentioned your friend where you did Skype dates mm -hmm. from the studio and critiqued each other's paintings. Mm -hmm. I think inviting critique is right. Some people are really nervous about that. Mm -hmm. Is it ever hard for you to hear? Yeah. When I was going through college, um, as a child or as a teen, I would have I would have stayed away from any opportunity that meant that I had to put myself out there. I wasn't comfortable with it. Um, I had a lot of negative talk in my head. I would talk myself out of it quicker than anything. And it's one of the reasons why I never took art in high school, because I was afraid I would fail at it. And so when I went back to school in technical graphics, every Friday we would have an hour of critique. And you had to stand up in front of the whole class and tell them why you designed your piece that way and what the design rules were that you met and why maybe you didn't meet a design rule, you know, because sometimes you just wanted to throw it out. You didn't want to use it, but you had to justify it. And the first few times I did it, I just, I mean, literally, I wanted to run to the bathroom and cry and not go back to class. And um, that was probably one of the best things I've ever had to do in my life because I had to put myself out there. I had to justify what I did. And I learned to listen to negative feedback in a very non-negative way. You know, and so you couldn't just run off and pout because somebody didn't like your piece. So what you have to do is you have to learn that that is one of those times in life where you can either use the information in a positive way or not. You make that choice. And that was really helpful for me. So when Danielle and I are working on these pieces and, you know, w we never say things in a negative way. Um, and I'm very trusting of her. I think she's an amazing artist and I admire her art. Um, there are a lot of times I, I wish I worked more like her as an artist. Um, but a lot of times it's just like you need to shadow that area because it's not, it's flat. Everything looks flat. And so you do it and you see the positive in it. And so, you know, you move on. I just think it's a, a gift when, as artists, you can do that for one another. Well, one thing I'm hearing in what you're saying that you mentioned both with Danielle and with Liz is this idea of having trust, mm -hmm. be present. I think that's really important. And, um, and I love that you said that with Liz, you've really built that slowly, mm -hmm. like you've gradually built a friendship because I I think one of the things I think about a lot lately are that people we all want to have these connections mm -hmm. so we go to a retreat right. where it's a very intense experience and there's a tendency for people to just want to like jump in mm -hmm. and latch on to people and try to kind of fast track that process right. or to open themselves up or invite people in mm -hmm. before they have that trust established yeah. I think so often, I, you know, I think back like when you're in, in fifth grade and, and when I was in fifth grade, I was the new kid in school. Um, I started at the beginning of the year. My parents didn't throw me into a new environment, you know, midstream, but we had moved to a new house and, you know, just like the first few days of lunch and you go into lunch and you're just sitting there and, you, you know, you're like you're melting down and you're afraid no one's going to like you. and. I can see why so often, like you said, we just we just want to jump in and immediately be friends with people. And I probably tend to be one of those people that kind of sits back a little bit on the sidelines. And as much as I want to jump in, I don't. And there's a couple of reasons. One, um, sometimes you tell yourself that you don't know them very well and, you, and maybe they don't want 
to um, talk to you at the moment or whatever. And the other thing is, is that I like to kind of sit back and observe and, and see what other people are, are about and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, when we do these, when we go to these locations and there's just so many different personalities and so many different creative people and people come from everywhere. And I like to get to know people. I love meeting new people. But I always say, when we are here, we're almost always at the, our best self, you yes. know. So for Liz and I, um, you know, we live so far apart. Danielle and I live really far apart. And I, I would always be really interested to see how it would go down if we lived next door to each other. Because I know we'd have days of, oh my gosh, get out of my breakfast nook because you're driving me crazy today and I need a break. But you have to be respectful of that. You know, um, with Liz and I working this summer, uh, when we were first putting Chickadee Road together, we uh, she had a really long vacation period. She went back home and visited her mom, and I wanted to, you know, I mean, there were probably things that she wanted to talk about for Chickadee Road, and I wanted to talk about, but she needed the break. She needed to be with her family, and, and it was, and I think that she and I do a really good job of respecting that. Um, Danielle does a really good job of respecting that. When I'm away or they know I'm doing something, um, they're not calling, you know, to do business. I mean, that that all comes into play where you have to know each other and, and truly over the whole th slow process has helped with that because we we learned so much more about each other. You know, we truly learned who one another were and, and I love that part of it. Mm. I, I think one of the things that um, I think one of the things that I most love and admire and appreciate about you is that this way you have I'm trying to think about how to explain it you know how you like sent something you're like what do you call that like you described to us before what it looks like in your town when you're walking down the road <laughs> in your outfit and with your Marsha Brady suitcase. <laughs> but there's, for so many people, to be the only one in town mm -hmm. like that would really stop them. And they would say, okay, what are the other women in town mm -hmm. wearing? And let me right. match that. Right. And we've talked about parenting before. And there's <laughs> things in your parenting that you've said, like some people hear these things and hear your methods or traditions and they're like, that's a little <laughs> unconventional, right. right? But there's a way that you, um, it's like you know what you need to create space to be mm -hmm. who you are. You know in a community, I need to kind of like float around the fringe, mm -hmm. not get too caught up in, in anything that's going to distract me from right. what I'm doing, why I'm here, who I am. Yeah. And, um, and that you, I don't know, you're very just much totally yourself but in a way that's not in people's faces, but mm -hmm. it always also is like not apologetic. Hmm. And it's not <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, you know, I hope right. this isn't crampier style right. that, you know. Yeah, well earlier today when I was walking back from the dining hall, I, um, I found myself like what I was considering gabbing, you know, and I walked, like the people I was talking to, they were going a different route than me. And so I walked to the side and out loud I heard myself go, Kelly, you talk too much. <laughs> it was one of those moments where I felt like um, I definitely had that moment of nervousness. And over the years, I mean, I was truly one of those kids that did not 
I always felt so uncomfortable in my body and I didn't have those moments of most people when they describe me when I was younger they said I was very self-assured and even today they will say that and I always have to crack up I'm like oh my gosh if they really knew what was going on in my head at the time it would be very different Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that as much as I don't want to admit how old I am and that I have a child that's 26 and one that's 21 and one that's 18 I've learned so many things along the road and most everybody I think learns as you go along Um, so much of it is how you apply those methods of learning you know Um, we all have those moments that we don't shine the way we want to and I want to shine not not as in I'm on center stage with a microphone that's totally I, I would melt down I wouldn't be able to do it but I want my kids to look at me and say you know, my mom was a good mom. I didn't like everything that she put me through. I didn't like all of her discipline, but she was, you know, a good mom. She loved me. That's what I want. I want my kids to think that. Um, If they think that, I don't know. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they love me. (laughs) They don't always like me. And that's the whole thing with the, the parenting. And you talk about my, my, uh, non-traditional methods and I never think of it as non-traditional I just think that my parenting so often is like how my parents were with me you know um, I want my kids to be respectful and kind and be hard workers and you know I don't care if they're doctors or lawyers I want them to be happy in life and uh, so um, it has definitely been a work in progress I, I haven't always felt that way but I just think the older I get I just see all the nonsense of all the other stuff and I just want to slough it off Like, it's like, you know, I love wearing layered clothes, but there are some days that I feel like I have a big, huge, heavy coat on. Um, And that's what life does to us so often. And I want to be able to live that life where that coat is not weighing me down. You know, I want to be able to embrace the things in life and my opportunities and and really be thankful for them. Well, I think that's really helpful to hear because when you talk about having other people experience you as self-assured but not feeling that way on the Mm -hmm. inside i think of all the people that we look at and they look self-assured and one of the things we do is we think that that's just how they are Mm -hmm. and then like it's a fixed trait right and then we often then think it's a fixed trait like having blonde hair right like they were just born that way and i just wasn't did you think i was blonde (laughs) no (laughs) i used to be (laughs) but I love, as you've told these stories, getting to hear a little bit of the transition Mm -hmm. between um, that Kelly as a child who wasn't like quite comfortable in her body all the way to the way we get to see and know you in the world. And when you talk about wanting to shine, I really feel like I see that theme in your work so clearly and that I feel that calling to me all the time. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it's all the time giving me permission and saying, when I'm looking down saying, am I allowed to wear these shoes with right. these stripy tights and be like, you know what? Like, yeah. just let yourself be. Yeah, exactly. And I think it um, it gives us all hope that there's not necessarily like a how to. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't hear you yeah. saying like, okay, here's 10 steps. Right. <laughs> but yeah. that you're talking about how if you're kind of choosing growth mm-hmm. along your journey. Yeah. I think it's so sad that we live in this society where um, we have so many opportunities in life and our kids have all these opportunities in life, but somehow 
we are put in these these little boxes and I was never one I'm claustrophobic so don't put me in a little box at all and I always find that so interesting um, I always had to go like if we had a big family gathering I would always be the one that would sneak up up to my room and listen to music and read a book because it was too much commotion and uh, you know sometimes I didn't like I said you didn't feel comfortable in the air I mean loving family had a great family but sometimes the, it was just too much commotion and too much comparison and I, I just hate it that people are put in these tiny little boxes. I, I see women walking around all the time and they just look, so many times they'll look sad and you know, they're like tugging kids along and I just wanna say there's so much more out there. But again, it's, it's that choice and, and I have that choice every day and some days I choose to live in the muck. I mean, there are days that I'm just like, you know, I let, um, what others are saying bother me and affect me. And so what I've tried to do is, I have a couple like different little mantras that I repeat to myself. Um, one of them is let it go uh, because I'm one that tends to hold on to things and just hold on tight to it. But it affects my life in a negative way. And so the more I've allowed myself to do that, the better it gets. And now that I'm kind of on this other side and enjoying it, I don't want to go back, you know, I just, I just keep wanting, wanting to advance and not, you know, my, my thoughts are about very simple little things in life. You know, I have a husband who, who is very good to me and to my kids and who loves me and we have a, a roof over our head and we have cars that don't break down and, and I get a paint almost every day. So for me, that's enough. Um, not always enough. Sometimes I want to, you know, I want to do a new gallery show and then you have to work on that or, or I want to send my art. I want to submit my art to, to, you know, a magazine or, um, those are those moments where I really have to hold true to the let it go and I am enough and, and all of that. Mm. That's great. Well, thank you so much for mm -hmm. talking to us today, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Retrospective. I'm your host, Jen Lee. Meet me back here for more conversations and stories about where we are and how we got here on Retrospective.